0: Hi, Sandy Rios, with you here on this, uh, during this really difficult time because you know that a war broke out in Israel over the weekend. Uh, and it's dreadful. What's happening there is dreadful. We're going to have a long discussion about it today, uh, bring some discouragement, no doubt about it, but God willing, some hope as well. Uh, we're going to be talking with Caroline Glick. Caroline, I'm going to give you more of a bio that I did actually when I introduced her. She's been in Israel for a number of years, but she was born in the United States. Uh, she actually went to Columbia University, and then she went to Harvard, uh, Harvard University's Kennedy School of Government. she's, uh, she's been uh, um, Her articles have been posted in Wall Street Journal and New York Times National Review. She's a very serious pundit. By the way, read what she's writing at JNS.org. That's J-N in Nancy, S, dot org. Uh, this happens to be Monday, uh, October the 9th, when we're recording this. Uh, she's the featured guest of Sean Hannity tonight. Uh, so, um, But Caroline has written uh, two books. Uh, she is the author of I- The Israeli Solution, A One-State Plan for Peace in the Middle East, uh, and also Shackled Warrior, Israel and the Global Jihad. And those, those books have been endorsed by, uh, like, Ted Cruz, uh, former... National Security Advisor John Bolton, when he was in his good days, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, and uh, former CIA Director James Woolsey has endorsed her books as well. I just want to give you an idea of Caroline's expertise before we talk to her, because I think our discussion with her is more like uh, she's living there right now, and she's in the midst of this with her family. So we're going to get a little personal with her. It's pretty dramatic and so I hope that you'll stay tuned. I want to remind you that you're listening to Sandy Reels 24-7. You can call us at 662-821-2040. That's 662-821-2040. Uh, you can email us at sandy at afr.net. That's sandy at uh, You can listen on any podcast platform, but you can also go to our home ship, which is afr.net. We are talking about life and death situations today. You're going to hear about a lot of brutality. And so it's really not incongruous for me to tell you uh, that we are trying to save the lives of babies who are also the recipients, unborn babies, of brutality. You know, according to a recent report, Planned Parenthood continues to rake in billions despite dwindling clients. The biggest takeaway here is that Planned Parenthood is generating vast profits, including millions in taxpayer funding. And preborn, that's you and me, are taking away their clientele. And that, of course, is the babies that they're trying to kill. Preborn operates on a very slim budget as they rescue over 200 babies' lives every day, and they receive no government funding, unlike Planned Parenthood. Their network of clinics are situated in the darkest corners, competing head-to-head with the abortion giants, and they need our help now more than ever. When you donate $28 to Preborn, you will offer a free ultrasound to an expectant mother caught in crisis. If you would like to do that, you know, I think, by now. Go to preborn.com Sandy. That's preborn.com Sandy. All right, sit back and take your pen and paper Or share this podcast so that people can hear what's really happening in Israel. On this edition of Sandy Rios 24-7. From American
1: Family Radio, Sandy Rios.
0: We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational.
1: And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think
0: the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness.
1: This morning, the Israeli military pounding targets across the Gaza Strip and fighting gun battles against squads of Palestinian militants still on the loose inside Israel more than 24 hours after the surprise attack began. We were in
3: lockdown for eight hours and hearing Arabic outside, hearing the terrorists, and they tried to break into houses. This is worse than our worst nightmares.
1: Thousands of reservists called up for what people here expect is the start of a long and bloody war. Every indication is that Israel is preparing for what would be at once a large scale ground offensive into Gaza and one of the most complex hostage rescue operations the world has ever seen. (laughs) After blasting their way through the Gaza border fence, Fighters from Hamas and Islamic jihad swept into Israeli towns, kidnapping whole families and marching them barefoot through their own neighborhoods. This woman screaming for help as she's dragged away into Gaza. Her boyfriend hands behind his back, helpless to save her. Her family identifying her as Noah Argamani, a 25 year old student who'd been at a dance party. This video later showing her inside Gaza, apparently uninjured. Unlike this woman, bloodied, zip-tied, and terrified, struggling as she's forced into the back of a captured Israeli military jeep. The exact number of Israeli hostages, still unknown.
0: All right, Sandy Rios with you. Sandy Rios, 24-7, how many reports from war zones have we heard like that? Except this one seems really personal. At this point, we know that 800 Israelis have been murdered uh, eight, at least 2,100 have been injured. We know that an unknown number, but large numbers of civilians, children, elderly, disabled, and soldiers have been dragged across, across the border and are being held in tunnels, the many tunnels underneath Gaza. This is a tragedy unfolding, and it has, of course, implications for the peace of the entire world. Caroline Glick has joined us this morning. She's a senior columnist for Breitbart News. Uh, senior contributing and chief columnist for the Jerusalem Post. Uh, she's been in Israel for a number of years. She actually was born here in the United States and went to school here, but she's been over there for years raising her kids. There's so many accolades about Caroline, but let me just say she's on the front lines uh, of news and information over there. She's a source that I trust. She lives with her sons uh, in Ephrat, in Gush Etzion, which I don't know where that is. And Caroline, first of all, thank you, for joining us under these circumstances. I so appreciate it.
3: Thanks so much for having me on your program, Sandy. Just a, a, a quick correction. I'm uh, the senior uh, senior contributing editor at JNS.org, which is a great uh, news site uh, about Israel news in English that I think that all of your listeners would really uh, benefit from. So JNS.org, that's
0: where they can Okay. me. Okay, very good. I'll, I'll write that down. I'll repeat that later. Now, let me just ask you on a personal look. You're an expert on all that's happening, and we're going to get into that. But I, I want to know, uh, Caroline, You, I don't know where you live, in where you're located geographically in, in the state of Israel, but have you seen or heard any of this conflict uh, from where you live?
3: Well, thank God we've been uh, pretty removed. We had uh, two— uh, air raid uh, sirens um on Saturday morning when we were attacked by missiles uh at Friday south of Jerusalem in Gush Etzion. and uh so there were i think that they were intercepted there was no direct damage to anything in our community thankfully uh there were uh shooting attacks on the road i think last night but oh again thankfully nobody was nobody was hurt and uh, they were able to uh, neutralize uh, the terrorists who were involved. But things here are, are fairly quiet. There's a lot of uh, military here. Um, there's a lot of military not here because our, uh, our reservists were all called up. Uh, already beginning on Saturday morning, it was uh, the Sabbath and also a Jewish festival on Saturday morning when all of this started. <coughs> and actually the army started coming into the, our synagogue and other synagogues around the front was uh uh, calling up the reservists. And when we, uh, by the afternoon, we had convoys of private vehicles of
0: people going. Yeah. I just heard this morning, by the way, we're talking, Caroline and I are on Monday morning in the United States. It's uh, evening, well, early evening for you guys, right? Uh, um, uh, yeah, early in the afternoon. Yeah. Okay. All right. So this is on Monday, just so to put this in context. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of those rockets, of course, uh, you were b- barraged with those Saturday morning when yeah. this started. And I, you know, I want to just take a second, if I could, Caroline, when I, uh, because the Iron Dome is so fascinating. I don't want to get stopped on this, but I want to explain. I had the privilege of doing one of those um, tours, not tours, meetings with the uh, Israeli Defense Forces, the 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 uh, inventor of the Iron Dome, and I. This is fascinating to me, and I. Uh, The Iron Dome, of course, is this incredible technology that is able to uh, sense when rockets are coming in and actually follow them, not, it doesn't be shot by a human being so that you might lose rockets. It has like a, it's a smart, they're very smart uh, rockets that shoot back or interceptions that shoot back. So, but there's only, there are limited amount of them. So my question is, are they, uh, are they still effective? Are they still in place? Or, Or maybe you can't even answer that question or shouldn't, but- is the Iron Dorm still kicking into uh, in, in action?
3: It is. Uh, we have, um, you know, the, the thing about the missiles that we've been absorbing. So we've had, uh, as of, I think this morning, had had over a 48-hour period of 4,500 oh. uh, missiles shot into Israel from Gaza. And uh, the first uh, several hours of the Hamas offensive I think 3,000 of those missiles were shot off. And so that uh, definitely overwhelms the system uh, and it keeps an eye on the North as well because we can't uh, have all of the batteries down in the South around Gaza or pointing towards Gaza. We also need them in the North because Hezbollah has another 150,000, 200,000 uh, rockets and missiles pointing at us. And um, so we anticipate, uh, they've already been doing a series of uh of assaults, uh, small ones in Israel, mortar fire. Uh, they had, we had an infiltration just a couple of hours ago. That uh, I think all of them were killed uh, by an attack helicopter. But um, so they're they're probing and they're checking, and I think that they're likely going to uh, get involved in the fight. I think that's uh, probably the the wisest assessment that one can make. So that we're right now fighting a one front war, we're just beginning to fight. And uh, it, it will probably become a two-front war fairly quickly.
0: Yes. Well, already I heard this morning that uh, Lebanon now is launching missiles and, and also. So they've joined the Hezbollah. Well, that's what I meant, the, that it's, it's from okay.
3: Hezbollah-controlled Lebanon. Uh, 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 yeah. So yeah.
0: Uh, now um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about this uh, music festival because, my, okay, this is what I know about it, and you know a lot more than I do. There were uh, young people. It was kind of a rave for peace mm-hmm. with Palestine. Uh, and it, they had been, I believe, there all night. That's why they were in place when the rockets came in. Well, when the incursion came. I'm not sure if it was the mm-hmm. soldiers on the ground. It had to be because 200 of them, of them were killed. Well, you you tell us about that, Caroline, instead of me filling in those blanks. So that's how the, this was the first attack, Right.
3: Um, I think so. Uh, Certainly it happened at the beginning, Um, but they did enter Israel from 20 different points. So it's not clear that there weren't coordinated attacks on the kibbutzim as well. But the rave specifically uh, is an important event because it's fairly clear that the timing of the assault was uh, based on the rave because the rave had 2,000 young people who had been partying all night. A lot of them were probably drunk or or whatever uh from a night of partying at six o'clock in the morning, so they're also sluggish um and they're and it was lightly guarded and we've had uh members or, or Gazans coming into Israel for the past year two years i think um uh to work every day and uh so there's every reason to believe and and in fact we warned that they shouldn't be allowed in uh, because they gather up intelligence and they live in a in a terror state uh, that is waging war against us and that it's crazy and it, and it seems fairly reasonable to assume that uh they knew about the planned party they knew how these parties work and that uh, their determination was that they wanted a, a soft target when there's very few targets that are as soft with attractive uh targets inside or young people and uh so there were about 2000 people apparently in the desert at this rave and uh, 260 were massacred and many many more uh were brought into Gaza and there were scenes of the uh, unspeakable atrocities including uh the rape of the women and uh, parading them uh, around uh, Gaza and the pictures of the young women who were taken in the rave have been making, uh, have been uh, very uh, huge on the uh, on the internet and the in, in the Arab world. And it's a very uh, clear call for jihad. And they're talking about enslaving the women's like they did to the Yazidi women's.
0: I'm going to interrupt Caroline just for a second um, and don't go away because she's going to tell us more about that rave and what happened. Uh, but, you know, healthcare, just think about what they're doing in Israel right now. I've seen pictures of how everyone is just jumping in. i People cannot do enough. In fact, with reservists, they are rushing to the front lines even before they get called up. And people who are, they see bombed out buildings and they're just running into those buildings. We all know that when you're in a situation like that, you hope and you pray that you can have good medical attention. Now, that's a war zone, so this is not exactly right, but it's still always true that we want there to be good care for us and for our families, and that's where Christian Healthcare Ministries comes in. I want to tell you about how they have helped, like the Thorpes, who have a growing family, and like most families, the cost of pregnancy can be overwhelming. Christian Healthcare Ministries has shared in all their medical costs with ongoing pregnancies, and the Thorps have the peace of mind knowing that all costs will be taken care of as they grow their family. Knowing they're surrounded by the body of Christ and are being prayed for only makes their peace of mind greater. If you're interested in checking out Christian Healthcare Ministries, just go to chministries.org/sandy. That's chministries.org/sandy. And now back to Caroline Glick.
3: The thing, let me just say, the thing about the rave that's so important to understand is that the rave shows the nature of hamas i think yes. that and what they did in the kibbutzim because in the kibbutzim which are farming uh communities and they're located these particular ones are located along the border with gaza hamas went in specifically to slaughter civilians and to take prisoners who are soft so women children babies uh and and uh, that was their goal that's what they set out to do that's what the goal of this operation was from their perspective, was to cause mass uh, death and destruction, demoralization, humiliation, etc., cetera, of the Jews of Israel.
0: Carol, I know this is unpleasant for me to say, but I just have to tell people we're talking about slaughter here. We're talking about beheadings. We're talking about horrible, horrible things. And I would tell you, all of you listening, to be careful what you see. Be careful when you look on Twitter, because some of those things you can't unsee. This is how bad it is. And so with that, I want to ask you, uh, at this point, now I know you've had, look, the UAE has spoken up in support. Uh, Slovakia uh, has spoken up in support. Um, Canada is waving, waving, putting up Israeli flags. And of course, United States, which I'll get to that in a minute, because you probably know how I feel about our support. I don't have any faith in the Biden support, but nevertheless, lip service has been given. How about Egypt, who's it's right there on the other side of Gaza? Any news from them on their response?
3: Um, Well, the Egyptians apparently are talking to Hamas. This is what we've gotten. uh, They're talking to Hamas uh, about uh, having uh, unconditional. Uh, re- return of the women and children that they've seized to Gaza. Um, and they're not talking to Israel. I think that Hamas may have gotten some flack from the Arab world. And uh, it's possible that uh, that we'll see a, a, some movement on that. But I, I think it's also very possible that this is just a form of psychological warfare. I mean, everything is. And, and you know, this really is the nature of jihad. And we haven't seen, I think that the the attack, the nature of the attack, the heinousness of the attack, the premeditated, premeditated nature of the attack are very important because they tell us two very important things. Um, this is an act of jihad. Uh, this is very much like what we saw with uh, ISIS, what we saw with Al Qaeda um, in Iraq, in Syria, in Afghanistan, and in other countries uh, and in, uh, Mumbai in 2008 as well. Um, but it's on a larger scale than ISIS ever dreamed they could do. Um, and it's directed against Jews specifically. And, uh, it's, it's, um, it, it, it shows, uh, just how annihilationist the Jew hatred is among jihadists. Um, and how important it is to kill Jews and the the abuse that they've been uh meeting out on the children that they've seized mm-hmm. to Gaza are also openly hateful because the children are jewish and so i think I think it's important to understand both that this is not motivated by anything political it may obviously it serves the strategic ends of hamas's uh bosses and state sponsor in the Islamic Republic of Iran. But I think uh, the program here is is straight jihad, and it is motivated not only by the jihadist belief system of Hamas um, and uh, the Muslim Brotherhood, which it's a member of, but also by their intense uh, genocidal Nazi-like antisemitism hatred of Jews, and uh, and I think it's very important for anybody who is thinking about you know I don't know Palestinian statehood peaceful coexistence all of those concepts have just gone out the window as a, after we've seen this I mean we had seen plenty I didn't need to see this in order to know yeah uh, I but can't apparently the, others did
0: the denial is just beyond you know we have the same thing here and you know that Carolina it's the denial mm-hmm. the delusion. Is unbelievable to me, and even that Israelis living there, seeing that, knowing that, with your history, would be so would leave their guard down and have so many in the government even who don't are not clear thinking. And in I mean, our government, we I, I just want to mention this one thing. You said this, but I want to emphasize that Iran is behind this, and we know that. We know that. We know that there are meetings mm-hmm. uh, recently in what uh, in um, I forgot what the we. Um, Several Beirut. meetings in Beirut, Beirut. Okay, so the mm-hmm. Wall Street Journal is reporting that, and yet our government says, oh, we don't have any information at this time to corroborate this account. That's what we're dealing with here. But Caroline, I want to give some really goodness. This is this is encouragement. I saw, and I'm sure you know about this, uh, I was watching Fox this morning with uh, Trey Yankst was reporting here, and as he was trying to talk, he was interrupted by this really loud singing, and it was mm-hmm. Israeli soldiers singing patriotic songs, waving flags, and, and others that had come to the border there sending the soldiers wherever they were going off to, and it was just so moving and so beautiful, and um, I'm, does everyone in Israel know about that, or was that just a moment that I caught?
3: Oh, no, it wasn't a moment that you caught. It's everywhere. Uh, My husband's son has also been called up on emergency orders. And uh, actually, my husband is there now visiting him and giving him equipment before they go in. But uh, he emailed us this morning or texted us this morning that, you know, they don't have to there. It's a shame that their wives aren't there because they could just do their shopping for the next month with all of the (laughs) citizens who are outside of the base with massive amounts of food that they brought for them. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, the the entire country is mobilized now and unified because whether you're on the right or on the left, and we've been seeing some intense, intense civil strife here over the past year because the left doesn't uh, like the results of the last elections. um, And yet, you know, everybody's just come together. I mean, and I I saw it in a sad way, which is that uh, two of the heroes who were killed uh, on Shabbat, uh, warriors were uh sons of two of my colleagues and one is on the very far right and one is on the very far left and uh and I and I wrote both of them the same the same text uh consoling them for the loss of their sons but I mean it it, it you see the same involvement and the same volunteerism uh across Israeli society we all understand that this is a a war that we don't have any choice—not only to fight, but to absolutely devastate Hamas and and obliterate it. Because if we've seen anything, uh, if we saw anything on Saturday, the largest mass murder of Jews since the Holocaust, and and really, uh, it as it's already reached 800, um, and there are still you know over 2,000 wounded. There are hundreds unaccounted for. Um, and a lot of, and a lot of people in critical uh, critical condition. Um, you know, I, I think that people realize that this is the the idea that we could coexist in any way with a jihadist regime on our doorstep was just that that was an experiment and it never worked. But now it's utterly failed and and it has to end. And Gaza and Hamas uh, are gonna very, very different, both
0: topographically and uh, population-wise, at the end of this war. I realize uh, what I'm going to say here is pretty common knowledge, but maybe not so common, Caroline. I just want to make the point that everyone, male and female, serves in the Israeli military. They all spend their time in the barrel. And you did, too. Uh, in fact, what did you yeah, do when first, you were with the military?
3: I, I I was not on the front lines. I was uh, I was an officer. I, was, I served in the army for six years. As I I left as a captain uh, in the defense ministry, and um, so that's why I was actually in the misbegotten negotiations with the PLO in the misbegotten fake peace peace uh, peace negotiations. And and by the way, it was clear at the time that they were lying and that this was an utter disaster for Israel and. And I and I warned about that in my reports, but you know, like you said, a lot of Israelis uh, apparently needed our own Holocaust in order to realize who our enemies are, and so we got it on Saturday. Uh, but uh, the the writing was not only on the walls; it was written with blood. Uh, already at the outset of the uh, of the adventure or misadventure of trying to empower. The PLO and thinking that if we give terrorists guns and land and international legitimacy, that they were going to become something
0: other than even more powerful terrorists. Caroline, what are people saying there about people in the know like you about the breakdown of intelligence? Israel is known for, you know, your, inc- well, let's just say smart fighting, smart, smart, mm-hmm. smart intelligence, knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, how, any theories about how this could have happened? Without any knowledge, there are a lot of there are a lot of theories. There are a lot of conspiracy theories, also because people really
3: it's so inexplicable. But um, uh, I think, to me anyway, it 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 seems impossible to uh, rule out, at a minimum, uh, the idea that we were under a cyber attack and that this wasn't something that was carried out by Hamas on its own, but rather, you know, that they got the technology that they were guided by. Iran or maybe even Iran and China since China signed a strategic cooperation agreement with with Iran or with the Russians since the Russians and the Iranians are also best friends now. Uh so I think that uh, there's no reason to rule that out in the past the Russians of course have fought on the side of the Arabs against Israel and and uh and and with Hezbollah in Syria. So there's every reason to believe that uh there were foreign actors involved in penetrating Israel's uh, layers of cyber. But even even if I'm right, even if the scuttlebutt on this is correct, it still doesn't explain the whole thing because we have so many layers that all broke down of our of our protective system. So it it it's not. I mean, obviously there was an operational failure of epic proportions that we're going to have to understand. Uh, intelligence failure, obviously, as well. We found out yesterday, and I'm sure that we know very little of what's already known. But uh, uh, the government revealed yesterday that Hamas had uh, had a had a had a new communication system that Israel was unaware of. And then the obvious question is, how could we possibly have been unaware of it? And I don't have the answer to that either. So I mean, all of this stuff is just um, they had very good intelligence. You, know, you let 20,000 enemy citizens into your territory every single day to work and travel around, um, you're asking for trouble, and we got it. Yeah.
0: Well, needless to say, we're doing the same thing here. And when, when we say, once we say goodbye, I'm going to be talking about our part in this. I don't want to bog your conversation down with that. I'm plenty angry with my own government. But I, I want to. I do I just wanna... say
3: here uh, before, before uh, I, you, you can talk with however you want about your government? But I do want to mention that the U.S. has been is in a way funding this war because the United States gives hundreds of millions of dollars every year in U.S. taxpayer funds to UNRWA, which is a UN organization, and its operations in Gaza are controlled by Hamas. And uh, the United States is pretending, and it has been since the Bush administration, that UNRWA is somehow or another just a U.N. agency and it has nothing to do with anything. But all of the U.N. employees in UNRWA are, are either members of Hamas or subservient to Hamas. So the Americans are funding this as well. And, of course, through their $6 billion lately that they gave to Iran last week and the tens of billions of dollars that they've enabled Iran to uh, receive th- by not enforcing the sanctions that, uh, that uh, they're the supposed oil to sales. be enforcing.
0: Yeah. Right. They have... You- I'm so disgusted. Anyway, I don't want to get
3: you started, but I wanted to make sure that that little information point was Mm -hmm. in.
0: No, and since you're, I mean, Mm -hmm. I just didn't want to, I was trying to be sensitive to your own. But I, also, we know the Pentagon has, uh, they've been storing arms in Israel and they insisted that Israel send those onto Ukraine. That's one of the reasons you didn't have the resources that you needed. Uh, also, uh, they have restored the two hundred million dollars of aid to Palestine under Joe Biden. In addition to the what six billion you just mentioned to Iran, uh, we know now that Biden's Iran envoy has been placed on leave because his security clearance was suspended because he's under investigation. He was the one who led the Iranian uh, negotiations. Uh, we could I, I, the corruption is on. I think it's fair. I think it's fairly safe to
3: assume that Robert Manley was the head of the spy ring because all of his top advisors, both in government and and at the uh, international crisis group, three of them at least, uh, were getting direction from the Iranian foreign ministry. So I think that there's no way to separate him from the people who he hired.
0: There's no reason to believe that wouldn't happen, Caroline, because we watched with Barack Obama as he put... Uh, Muslim Brotherhood operatives in our military uh, in deep ways, in positions of power. And, of course, Biden has just uh, done that plus, uh, that plus. So uh, we are in in deep trouble uh, all all across the globe. And we had, you know, we had these huge demonstrations yesterday uh, in favor of this brutality, this massacre in Israel. We had all these demonstrations in New York City, but we also had them in Tampa, Florida, Coming out uh, in, in, in our support of Palestine, but I can tell you, Caroline, in spite of all that, you know America well. Uh, the Americans are, are not down with this. We have also been infiltrated, but we uh, stand by Israel. And that brings me to the next thing, I guess. From your perspective, what can we do to help those of us that we can't promise our government? What can we do as individual people uh, who care about Israel? What? How can we help?
3: Look, I mean, I think that one of the important things is is um, you know you're you're talking about these organizations, whether it's Democratic Socialists of America or American Muslims for Palestine or a lot of these other organizations, the Squad on the on Capitol Hill, there the the organizations that support them, uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the different organizations; these are terror front organizations. Uh, they operate on behalf of Hamas. These are this is these are this is information that was already exposed by places like the Foundation for Defense of Democracy in in testimony in sworn testimony before Congress as far back as 2018, 2017. So these are things that are known. And I think that when you're looking at these people supporting, I saw in in Times Square, this woman was holding up a a swastika, swastika. you know, yeah, thank you, we got it. You know, yeah, we know. Look at what you're putting Jewish babies in cages in Gaza. Yeah, we get it. You're Nazis. All right. So I think the United States has counterterrorism. Laws that ban these kinds of uh organizations from supporting providing material support for terrorists and I think that having these kinds of demonstrations of support for genocidal jew haters who are actively committing acts uh, 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 crimes against humanity and um and atrocities against israeli civilians and soldiers, I think that that they have to be outlawed, and I think that it's important for for the American people you know, in your localities to go to your police and file complaints against them and to sue for them to be closed under the counterterrorism statutes. And I know people can't, you know, regular guy, I'm not going to go and, and file a lawsuit, but I think that these kinds of things are important. I think it's important to not only demonstrate on behalf of Israel, which I think is really important, and, and against the kind of Jew hatred that is being experienced in the United States, by American Jews, particularly at the hands of of leftist progressives who are are, uh, are uh, have formed sort of a red green alliance with these uh, with these jihadist organizations. But I think uh, and demonstrations are are important, most importantly because it empowers Americans to stand up to these bullies on the left and also pressures local governments to take action against them. But I also think it's important to actually uh 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 take action to try to outlaw these organizations from openly operating in the United States because they are providing
0: material support to terrorist organizations. That's a great that is a great suggestion. That is a great suggestion, Carolina. Uh, we're gonna And we're that endangers it. Americans.
3: That endangers yeah. Americans. That brings what we're experiencing in Israel to your shores.
0: And you know what they do. You saw it. Yes, I do. Well we've it's a it's an old song. They've been singing it, you know, for centuries. That's what they've always been doing. They don't. They're not very creative. They have been, you know, butchering people in the same way for a long time. But I um mm-hmm. I, I want to say well, I want to I'd like to ask you one more question. But I don't want to be disrespectful of your time, Caroline. There's just one other topic. If you could indulge me, uh, the, I, they, the the jihadists, of course, are blaming. They always blame Israel. So the initial blame was on the fact that. Uh, The way this is written from a leftist publication, I don't even know what it is because I just have a sheet of paper here. More than 800 (laughs) Israeli settlers stormed the Al-Aqsa Mosque compound in occupied East Jerusalem on Thursday under the protection of Israeli forces. And rabbis, and of course this is the orthodox, I'm sure, uh, the far right in Israel, the Jewish Orthodox. But I, I, I saw a photo of it. Now, I, I don't know how you feel about this, but I didn't see them storming. I just saw them walking. There were a lot of them, but they were not storming the mosque, but that's the way it's stated here. I, I know this is a sensitive talk topic because there's a lot of resentment from in a lot of quarters against the, the, the religious Jews. Uh, but what are your thoughts about that? Um, and uh, just... So that's part of a second question. But what are your thoughts about what happened on that Thursday?
3: Um, I, I'm going to have to cut this short because we're getting an area inside right here, but I have to get my okay. kids, but I'll just tell yeah. you quickly, I am a religious Jew and all those Jews were doing was um, was exercising their right to religious freedom by going up onto the Temple Mount. And by the way, Jews and Christians are barred from praying at the Temple Mount, yes. Uh because uh because that's just the way it is you know this is the the islamic authorities there every time that a jew dares to say you know a, a prayer the first prayer, boys come in here um they uh they say that we're trying to assault al-aksa which is a mosque that they built where this is the temple mount this is yes. where the holy temple of jerusalem was so they built a mosque on top of the temple mount and they're telling us that we're assaulting islam and we go up there to visit. We're not even praying. Okay. Anyway, I, I have to go. Uh, yes. I appreciate Caroline, uh, your I told, support for Israel.
0: Yeah. The, Caroline, <laughs> Lord, I just <laughs> want to pray for Caroline and her family right now. Lord Jesus, keep Thanks. them safe. Yes. Caroline, thank you, thank you very thank you much. For your time. God bless you all. Thank all you. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Okay. okay bye bye. Boys. Well, that was, uh, I, I'm just speechless. That was such a dramatic moment. I mean, she's right there in the middle of it. You know, we, the, the ground is even, and they always say at the foot of the cross, and that's for sure, but it's also even, even in time of war. You know, it's this basic survival with your kids, your family, and we need, if you aren't already, to be praying for the state of Israel. I, I'm just praying. I'll tell you what I'm praying. I'm praying, God, show your power. Show your power through your people. I realize Christians are his people. I don't want to get into the theology of that. But we know, I know, I believe, I don't care what some Christians say, that God's promises to Israel still stand. They are still the apple of his eye. He still wants to redeem them. And I'm just praying. I just prayed yesterday, God, you, just as you, through the, in the Old Testament, had endless amounts of forgiveness for them. I just pray that they will turn to you, that you will forgive them, and you will show your power. That's my prayer right now. Uh, That was a dramatic moment with Caroline, and I'll be forever grateful that she gave us that interview. Uh, I hope you'll stay tuned, because Bruce is going to join me next, and we're going to talk about some of the military implications and other stories that we didn't get into with Caroline, so uh, stay tuned.
3: This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio.
0: I guess when you don't know what to do, it's not a bad thing but to give money to something that also creates chaos and takes lives, and that would be preborn. I talk to you about them every day. We talk about preborn.com and how they save the lives of babies uh, because they show moms pictures of their babies through ultrasound, and that's what you provide. And when the moms see it, they decide, most of them decide not to put their baby through that. They decide to keep their baby. They may give the baby away to an adoptive family, but they see that that's a real living human being. Isn't this just the opposite of the jihadis? You know, I remember uh, the, the the motto of the Muslim Brotherhood is, we love death more than they love life. Well, that's not true of us, is it? That's just not true. We do love life. And so we're putting our money where our mouth is. I urge you to go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy and make your most generous donation.
1: But overnight, Israel's military beginning to release names of more than 25 soldiers killed. President Biden voicing his support and warning Israel's enemies not to escalate.
2: This is not a moment for any party hostile to Israel to exploit these attacks to seek advantage.
1: But this morning, mortar fire from militants in Lebanon aligned with Hamas, Israel striking back with drones, raising fears that this war could soon spread to multiple fronts. Meanwhile more waves of relentless rocket fire from Gaza. While inside the strip, hospitals overflowing with the dead and wounded, Israel's military ordering Palestinian civilians to evacuate specific areas. But in densely populated Gaza, home to two million people, there's nowhere for families to run. And if Israeli forces enter on the ground, the already massive loss of life may be only the beginning.
0: Sandy Rios back with you. This is Sandy Reels twenty four seven, in case you had forgotten that. Kind of a sober day. I'm I'm pretty emotional actually about what we just talked about with Caroline Glick. I was pretty emotional. Uh, as she called to her boys to go into the shelter. Ah, and so uh, our hearts go out to Israel, and for Christians especially, uh, they are our brothers. They are many of them are lost. They're secular. They don't honor God. I have a feeling God's pretty much at work right now in hearts and minds over there. It's um, it's uh, really easy to say you don't believe in God when you're not uh, watching your loved ones being slaughtered, and so we just pray that God is drawing them in the mighty way that we know he will, certainly in at the end times, we know that's going to happen. We don't know if we're there yet, but it's possible. I've asked Bruce to join me this morning because Bruce, again, is a former FBI agent and uh, just has an interest in the world and in war and in conflict, and we're following this together very carefully. Honey, thanks for joining me. Good morning. Good morning, sweetheart. All right, so... <clears throat> The one thing that strikes me, of course, is the betrayal of our own government, of Israel. And while, of course, saying they support them, they are stabbing their them in the back in every way.
2: Yeah, we are really seeing the fruits of our current foreign policy, our current administration. Um, I know this is trite, but I don't think this would have happened under a Donald Trump administration. And I'm not just saying that out of um, thin air, I'm saying it out of facts. If you look at the progression of things leading up to this attack, we are complicit in my mind as a a country in in allowing this to happen. Um, You know, recently the Biden administration released $6 billion worth of assets to Iran. As Carolyn laid out, Iran is the sponsor of the terrorist attacks in the Middle East. They are the funder. They are the provider of weapons. Um, and, you know, the Biden administration hid behind the um, the saying that, well, this, this money is only going to humanitarian aid. Well, first of all, how do we know that that's yes, really happened? How do we check that? And even, even if that was to be true, then the $6 billion that's already being used for humanitarian aid by Iran, can be shifted into purchasing weapons, uh, equipping terrorists. Uh, It's just ridiculous. And then recently, the Biden administration gave $200 million to the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. And what do you think that money is going to be done with? Uh, The people that control the Gaza Strip are terrorists. They don't care about the 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 normal people there they care about their jihad against Israel. This is a holy war. This is not a a, this is not a little conflict here. No, Uh, 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 you know it's not business as usual in the Middle East. This is a holy war at this point.
0: Bruce, one thing we didn't mention with Caroline also another malfeasance. That's the nicest word I can think of. Is we left all that weaponry in Afghanistan? Now we're seeing that. In the hands of Hamas, where they're identifying some of the weapons, like they've got stuff they've never had before. Uh, and we know that came from Afghanistan. Think about
2: that. Yeah, that's another piece of the puzzle, that our own weapons that we abandoned in Afghanistan when we evacuated there is now being identified as being used by these Hamas fighters in Gaza.
0: And uh, we, we talk about also, you know, this breakdown of intelligence, I asked Caroline about the Israeli intelligence, but that also we are joined at the hip, have been historically with Israel and intelligence gathering. We've worked as a team. And so um, the fact that this Rob Malloy, who was this special envoy to Iran and handled negotiations with Iran on this horrible, Iran um, agreement. I can't even think of the name of it. I'm just going to blank. I've talked about it so many times through the years. President Trump pulled us out of this because he knew that the intent with Barack Obama was to equip the Iranians with nuclear weapons. That uh, as much as he is uh, also a liar. Does anybody did anybody figure that out yet?
2: Well, you you notice you haven't heard anything from President Obama about this. I'm sure he's very delighted by what's going on because we saw. The uh, the fruits of this uh, starting under his administration. Uh, the gentleman you're talking about is James Malley. He was a U.S. envoy to Iran, uh, involved in the nuclear talks there. Now, remember, we we've been assured by Ob- when Obama was president that even though we were providing assistance to Iran, it was not to give them nuclear capabilities. It was to give them, you know, the ability to generate power in a nuclear way, like electricity, things like that. And, you know, uh, there are monitoring agencies that check the ability of people like the Iranians to develop nuclear weapons. Two years ago, when Donald Trump left office, the projected nuclear capability, in other words, the ability to make a nuclear weapon by Iran, was at 2%. Two years later... We are now at 60% and rising. And you were talking about the intelligence failure. You know, you are absolutely right. The CIA, the FBI, the NSA, and countless other, you know, we have like 19 intelligence agencies. The, the Middle East is the, 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 the hot point of the world almost all the time. And we have to have our efforts focused there. You know, I, I, I I'm I'm gonna sound trite maybe, but you know, maybe if the FBI would quit worrying about going to school board meetings and writing down parents license plate numbers, if the military would quit worrying about transgender soldiers and DEI, and the rest of the government worrying about DEI and diversity and all these things and do their job, we would be in a lot better Uh, position than we are now.
0: You made a point earlier when you and I were talking about this. I was telling you about those demonstrations with a lot of people in the streets of Tampa in support of this slaughter. And you asked the question, I wonder if the FBI, you honestly let you just say it.
2: Yeah. I wonder if the FBI was down there at the Tampa or the New York City um, demonstrations in, in support of Hamas in support of these terrorists. I wonder if they were down there writing down license plate numbers and taking photographs. And I wonder if they're going to do a J six type thing where, uh, protesters from J six were arrested because of what they were doing. I wonder if any of these people will be arrested because of protests. And I'm not, listen, I'm not against somebody being able to, um, exercise their first amendment right to protest, but there comes a point where you're inciting violence and, and, you know, the, the Justice Department had no problem arresting people from January 6th for inciting violence. Let's see if anyone is arrested as a result of this. You, it, you know, we just see this, that you go back in history. Anytime a government has tried to appease another government from, that's a bad actor, it always backfires never works. It. It, it never, never works. It never works.
0: And people always want to do that because it's the easiest path. You know, it's the easiest path. That's why, you know, uh that's and that's why that's what we're that's what's in D C. Look at these people in D C, Bruce. They are as responsible as the president because they've been not everyone, but most of them, Democrats and Republicans, especially the Senate, uh the Republicans in the Senate. I get more angry at them, I think, than I do the Democrats. I don't know why, but I do just think they they there's Sorry, this is so unkind of me. So I'll just tell you right up front, these old, wealthy men who have sat there so long, accumulating wealth and power, could care less about their country. They could care less.
2: Well, you know, I find it interesting that Prime Minister Netanyahu of Israel, what was his response to the United States? Please stay out of this. Yeah. Now, think about that. We're the most powerful country in the world. We are their allies, and they're asking us to stay out of it. You know why they're doing that, because they know our reaction will be what was given out in our initial statement, where our government asked Israel to stop, to not respond to this. How in the world can you tell Israel not to respond to this? So it's the old thing, do you want to help me? Don't help me. That's what Israel is telling us, because they know if we get involved, our diplomacy will be, you have to go easy on people, you have to let them express their uh, anger, and then you know, uh, we'll do something to try and make it better later. Israel doesn't have time to do that. They have to deal with this situation right now.
0: Yep, Bruce, a couple of things that we didn't even get into, but these are important. We talked about Rob Malley, who's the special envoy to Robert is what I've got. Uh, And we know Caroline actually said she thinks he's the head of the spy ring. But here's the other story. There's a woman named Arian Tabatabi. She is the chief of staff of Pentagon counterterrorism. And she served in the Iranian government. And now she's the chief of staff a Pentagon counterterrorism. Um, Congressman Vandridge said this, why would we hire someone who has access and security clearance to some of the most sensitive and important issues, who obviously has had a relationship with the administration in Iran? That's just yet another one. If anybody wonders why is this happening, that's one of the reasons.
2: Well, you, you look at Two um, of the reasons. Anthony Blinken, our Secretary of State. Now, the, the, the job of the Secretary of State is to set our national policy in regards to things around the world. And what did blinken say? On Saturday he goes uh, we we don't know if Iran is really behind these yeah, attacks. We have, no, attacks. Evidence we have no evidence of that. Of course we're working on it. Uh, uh, you know what everybody in the world knows that Iran is behind the
0: Wall Street us. Journal just published a whole article I, about I know that. The today.
2: Wall Street Journal seems to have a lot more intelligence than the entire yeah. United States intelligence community. They're reporting things about the hostages, about uh, where the strongholds are, things of that nature. And uh, look, I know we don't we don't publicly talk about our intelligence sometimes, but when you have our Secretary of State vacillating. While rockets are being fired in by the thousand, to um, you know, l- let me let me ask you this. Everybody talks about how poor the Palestinians are and how the Gaza Strip is basically a ghetto, but yet thousands of missiles managed to be shipped into there, thousands managed to be assembled, and thousands managed to be launched. Now, if these people in the Gaza Strip on their own are so poor and unable to do anything. Do you think they're the ones behind these missiles? No. It's the money and the advisors and the and the soldiers from Iran that are helping do this.
0: Funded by the United States of America. Yeah. And I, a couple of more things that are important. You ask where Obama was, where he's been? Well, I don't know. He might have been at the White House because Sunday night the White House had a live band. They were having a barbecue in the late afternoon and early evening, this is on Sunday, a live band could be heard coming from the area near the Rose Garden. Your pooler, that's the, uh, the the media pooler, asked why a band was playing. From the White House, the president and first lady are hosting a barbecue for White House executive resident staff and their families. All right, so that's what your president's doing while this is happening. And I um, yeah, yeah, just wanted to encourage him. And I want to do...
2: You know, uh, Fox News is making a... Big, big deal out of there being no Speaker of the House right now. Like, that is one of the big problems here. First off, the Senate is not even in session. They're on break right now. So, uh, you know, and... Uh, and
0: they're the ones that handle foreign relations. <laughs> and, they are.
2: and I think what's more important is not that there's a vacancy at the Speaker of the House, but that there is a vacancy for a U.S. ambassador to Israel. There is none right now. Wow. Jack Lew has been nominated in an emergency session this weekend. But don't you think that's a little bit more of a problem that we telling. don't have an ambassador to
0: It, it is there Yes, I do. It's just another clue, Bruce, in this horrible, horrible puzzle we're putting together. And I want to talk about one last thing. I want to speak about the speaker's race. Uh, this is a drama playing out even as we speak. You know that. Before this attack happened in Israel on Saturday morning, uh, we were regaled with all these uh, comments about the speaker's race. And I have a different view, and I want to share it. Um, I, I am not mad at Matt Gates. I think Matt Gates is a hero in this case, I have to tell you, because Kevin McCarthy, without going to a lot of, I won't go into a lot of detail here given the time. Kevin McCarthy cannot be trusted. I could tell you stories about this, but I can tell you he has stabbed this country in the back and conservatives in Congress, time after time after time, he controls a ton of money. That's why so many of the con- the conference, Republican conference, are are liberals, that they don't, they're rhinos as we would, whatever words you want to fill in, that's because Kevin McCarthy has spent his war chest making sure they're elected so that they would be loyal to him. And he spent his money tr- against sitting conservatives to get them out. Now, that's just one thing. I could tell you a million more things, but he cannot be trusted. He is not the right person to be Speaker of the House right now. He isn't. This was a wonderful thing that happened to take him out. Some of us have been trying to get him uh, in various ways. It's not our role because we're not in Congress, but we've known that he is undermining and harming the nation. Uh, he's the one who's agreed to so many of Biden's horrible policies. He's undercutting. Uh, conservatives in the house. And so they were fed up with it. That's why they took this chance to get him out and they succeeded. Now Jim Jordan seems to be the candidate conservatives are rallying around. If Jim Jordan gets this, this will be a whole new world. The House of Representatives is controlled by the Republicans. It's the only branch of government that they have right now, only by five seats. Uh, but we need a strong man. And I might, might I also say, might I also say, because I believe the times are so dangerous and I actually believe we are entering into whatever the end times are that God meant, I think that's what we're seeing. It's a good thing to have a man who understands the scripture, understands end times. He's not going to lead with that, but he gets it and he's going to have a passion to fight. So, um, if you have a congressman that and I know you all do, not a bad time to call them and say support Jim Jordan. Now that's how I feel about it. Uh, support Jim Jordan. Uh, Matt Gates had nothing to gain from doing this. All he's getting is grief. Uh, he wasn't trying to be speaker. He just did had the courage and the boldness uh, to call for a vote against Kevin McCarthy, and it worked. And no one thought that it would. So. Hats off, and congratulations, and thank you, Matt Gates. And now we stand by to watch, uh, as I hope and pray, Jim Jordan will be uh, the new um, uh, head of our House of Representatives. You will be so proud if that happens, and you will see such a change in that body. So I want to end on that. You know that God is always in control. Uh, God is, <laughs> boy, is he ever involved in this in ways we cannot see. And so just be encouraged, take heart, do not be discouraged. Uh, God uh, will not neglect or leave his people. He will not do that. All right, thanks, honey, for joining me.
2: It was my pleasure, and it's certainly an an ominous situation, and we do need to be praying because, as I say, I believe this is a holy war. We are at a real moment in time right now.
0: I think so, too, and it's going to hit us really hard here. We'll talk about that on a later date. Uh, But thank you so much for listening to today's edition of Sandy Reels 24-7. I want to remind you that you can call us at 662-821-2040. I want to remind you that we have some great sponsors. Preborn is one of them. You can go to preborn.com slash Sandy to make your most generous donation. Christian HealthShare Ministries is also one of our sponsors. Go to chministries.org to check out their provision for you in terms of your medical Care and um, just get the details at chministries.org Sandy. In the meantime, thank you for listening to today's edition of Sandy Rios 24-7.